Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the season review of Anthony Edwards. Just how much better was Ant as a sophomore than he was as a, than he was as a rookie? What are the key areas in which he improved? And uh, what are a couple of areas he could make the biggest leaps before next year? The whole show is about Anthony Edwards today. Let's get into it. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Peek and I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves and all Lockdown shows. Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Again, uh, you can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Today, we're going to continue the player review series. We took a, a short break on Monday to talk about some news, uh, Chris Finch, some different things um, on Monday's show, but we'll get back to the player review series. We only have two players left to talk about today. It's Anthony Edwards. Uh, the next and final player we'll talk about, of course, is Carl Anthony Towns, who went in reverse order of minutes played. So the better part of the last couple of weeks, we went through the entire roster. Some players we did a segment, some I did two segments on, and then full shows dedicated to D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. There's a lot to say about each of these guys. And Ant is one of my favorite topics uh, because he's a player that I'll readily admit I was wrong about uh, by and large when he was coming out of Georgia. And I had more skepticism when he was a rookie than I probably should have had. And the the I think leap is a fair term. Uh, the sizable jump that Ant made in year two in the NBA, uh, there's a lot to be said for it. And there's a lot to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to kind of break it down into what he did really well and the areas of clear improvement before moving on to a couple of areas that, uh, you know, still need some work. And obviously there's a lot of it because we're talking about a guy who's 20 years old um, and doesn't turn 21 until uh, until August. I mean, he won't he won't be 21 until basically a month, six weeks before training camp starts in the fall, which is just insane. So uh, I really just want to spend the whole show talking about Anthony Edwards um, in his rookie season. So let's or excuse me, his sophomore season. So let's go ahead and get into that. Um, the first thing is as a rookie, uh, we saw Anthony Edwards become very comfortable shooting a high volume of three-point jumpers. And it's one of the reasons that I didn't love him as a prospect. I still had him in, I think, my big board going back to 2020. I think I had him top three. I don't even think I had him second. I had the middle ball first. And I'll be willing to admit, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out when I'm right about stuff, like my exact predict, you know, I did a whole couple of shows on my preseason predictions, which were really good. If you missed them, go back a couple of weeks. I was wrong about Anthony Edwards. I thought he was a good, not great prospect. I was very worried about his defensive issues, his motor issues, his jump shooting was probably my biggest concern. I saw a lot of Andrew Wiggins in him as a prospect. Now, of course, Andrew Wiggins is now an all-star as well. Uh, but I mean, Anthony Edwards is certainly much better as a second year player than Andrew Wiggins was, and it's not close. Uh, and I was just frankly wrong. And it, But part of my concern was was really well-founded in, in terms of his shooting. And his lone year at Georgia, 
Anthony Edwards shot just 40.2%, not 42%, 40, 40.2% on field goals and just 29.4% on three-point attempts in his one season at Georgia. And the jumper looked good, He, but the shot selection wasn't great, even though there was range, like crazy range. It wasn't consistent. Um, and as it turns out, now that we're a couple years into his NBA career, a lot of this was, and a lot of the motor concerns were because the Georgia Bulldogs are not a good basketball team. And Anthony Edwards was often bored. He didn't have teammates to help support him. He didn't have guys to pass to. So he was taking ill-advised shots. He was being asked to do a lot. He was the focal point of of opposing defenses. And the jump shot just at the reps weren't there, right? I mean, even though the shot looked good, you know, in, in terms of mechanics, Anthony Edwards just didn't get, I mean, college teams don't like one year in college, right? Coming out of high school, remember, he didn't play basketball full-time until later uh, or didn't focus on basketball exclusively until later in his in his youth and high school career. He was more of a football guy early. Um, the, the Just the sheer reps weren't there. But as we know, and as he likes to talk about, he's extremely athletic and can pick up almost anything and, and be, or if you ask him anything, and be really good at it, right? He's talked about how fast he could throw a baseball, how he could do any sport, you know? Um, and sure enough, he comes to the NBA as a rookie. He's more than comfortable shooting 7.2 three-point attempts per game, and he shot 32.9% on threes, which is, of course, below league average these days. And it's a relatively high volume for a guy who's shooting below league average, but he was very comfortable doing it. The step-back three he showed very early in his rookie season. Um, but now, in year two, he's a full-time starter from day one. He's essentially playing small forward most of the time with both D'Angelo Russell and Patrick Beverly. He, he you know, split his time between the two and the three technically, but uh, basically was the three for a good chunk of the season for Minnesota and improved his three-point shooting percentage overall to 35.7% on the season, which is roughly league average um, on on higher volume. So 8.4 attempts per game, or if you want to look at three-point rate, which is probably a better way to look at it, certainly is a better way to look at it. He increased his three-point rate to 0.484. Another way to say that is 48.4%. So nearly half of his shot attempts were three-pointers. Um, which is a little high for a guy who's shooting a little right around league average from three, but is so devastatingly athletic, has such a quick first step, can finish through contact because he's physical and athletic, and or finish through contact with his physicality and size, finish around contact because of his length and his athleticism. Um, could do all, could do anything with the ball in his hands, but yet he's shooting forty eight percent of his of his shot attempts from three. Still. This is the number that's most impressive to me is he improved his catch and shoot number from his rookie season to his sophomore season by, and of course I, uh, I just lost the number, but he improved it from like 33%. Let's see, as a rookie, Anthony Edwards shot 33.5% on catch and shoot threes, which is not good, right? Catch and shoot should be a higher number than off the dribble, 33.5%. As a sophomore this season, he shot 41.3% on catch and shoot threes. 41.3. That's an improvement of almost 8%. 7.8%. Nearly eight points improved on catch and shoot three-point shooting from year one to year two in the NBA. That is massive. Part of that is due to the improved offense, running just better offense under Chris Finch in general. Obviously, they had their half-court struggles. I talked about that pretty extensively on Monday's show um, in terms of the Wolves' half-court offense, and, and it wasn't quite as good as it should have been this year. But it also just generally shows that the Wolves' offense was better. It shows that Anthony Edwards was picking his spots better and was more willing to pull the trigger in catch-and-shoot situations and was less hesitant. Too often we saw him as a rookie, and he still did this in year two, where he'd pump fake 
pump fake again, pump fake again, and then shoot a three. Or he'd pump fake, take a dribble and shoot an off the dribble three. Or he would get into the mid-range and shoot a mid-range jumper somewhat contested. He, By the way, the mid-range attempts went way down this year for Anthony Edwards, which was great to see as well. Um, so all that to say, the biggest improvement for me on offense for Anthony Edwards was was the ability to make catch and shoot threes. Improving almost eight points on catch and shoot threes was the reason why his overall three-point percentage improved almost three points, improved 2.8%. So 7.8% improvement on catch and shoot three-point percentage, a 2.8% improvement on three-point percentage overall. And having ants in catch and shoot situations just elevates the entire offense. Um, And the other thing is teams were so afraid of ant driving and taking them off the dribble, that they were giving him a little more space. The scouting report was out. Let's let Ant shoot threes, because he shot 32.9% as a rookie. Let's let him shoot threes instead of blow past us and, and throw it on a dunk on us like he did, like he's you know had multiple poster dunks already in his career. Well, if you let him get the ball in a catch-and-shoot situation, he's going to knock it down 41% of the time. He's going to be a top-flight catch-and-shoot three-point shooter if you allow him the space. And by adding that element to his game and improving that element of his game, uh, he became really, really difficult to slow down in year two. Um, overall, he had uh, less assisted three-point attempts this year, which was a little bit surprising considering that his three-point percentage went up. Only 55% of his, 55.3% to be exact, of his three-point attempts this year were assisted, um, or excuse me, three-point makes were assisted. Last year, it was 63%. So because he's simply shot more, he shot more off the dribble and more catch-and-shoot, but he was more efficient on catch and shoot shots. And that's why we saw the overall improvement in terms of his, uh, his percentage from deep. I want to talk a little bit more offense, uh, but a lot more defense next for Anthony Edwards. And then we'll get into a couple of areas where he's shown improvement, but needs to show more because across the board, he was better this year, right? Take any category. He was essentially better in, in, in virtually everything. Um, so there's a lot more to talk about related to both things that have gone well, defense specifically, a little bit of offense, and then a couple of th- a couple areas in which he can still continue to improve. So we're going to do all that here next. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show, and that, of course, is our friends at Prize Picks. NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? If so, you need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I absolutely love it, and I know you will too. It's super easy to use. Again, daily fantasy, you just pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against DFS pros or anything like that. You make your entry in 60 seconds or less. Uh, Prize Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. You can use the app, again, both App Store and Google Play. Here's how it works. Super easy. Think of any prop. Uh, points scored, rebounds, steals. Um, you can do it still with the NBA playoffs. And say you're also a, a baseball fan. You want to take the over on Byron Buxton runs scored or home runs for a game or hits for a game or whatever. If you're a Twins fan or or whatever. Um, and you're watching the Western Conference Finals. You want to take the Steph Curry over on three-pointers made or over on assists. You can pick both of those on the same night. Buxton and Curry. You know, Say Buxton over on runs, Curry over on threes. And you can that can be uh, your play. Prize Picks also doesn't just offer NBA and MLB, but any sports. So in football season, college football, NFL, soccer, MMA, college basketball, any sport you can find on Prize Picks with some of these kind of more obscure props as well. For a limited time right now, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users, or our listeners, I should say. Listeners get $50 for free. If a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, 
and you use code NBA, you'll get that $50 for free. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On listeners only. Sign up today. Use the code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Let's also talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's exactly what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs in the mail this weekend. I had one on um, on Monday for the first time. I'll tell you what, I've never had anything like them before. They're absolutely delicious. They're available right now. I can't promise they'll be there for too much longer. So go get them today at built.com. Again, it's the birthday cake puff from Built. It's phenomenal. Filled with marshmallow on the inside, 100% real chocolate on the outside. Absolutely fantastic. They have just 150 calories. They also have 16 grams of protein and just nine grams of sugar. It's a limited time flavor, and it's an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. Again, 100% chocolate. You can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs right now. Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's what I do anytime I order. You get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk more Ant. Uh, I want to talk about his defense. So Anthony Edwards as a rookie, or I should say, going back to his college profile, right, as an NBA prospect, I was very worried about his defense because it was mostly lackadaisical at the college level. And I've always thought, again, this is unfair, admittedly unfair to Anthony Edwards, but the comp, part of this comp is fair because of how he performed in general in college, his overall profile, the the number one overall pick, the, the next big thing type hype around Ant was similar to Andrew Wiggins. But Andrew Wiggins was an overrated NBA defender for a long time. He was much better this year in Golden State than he ever was in Minnesota. I think his first few years in the league, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins was not a very good individual defender. Anthony Edwards also was not good in college as a defender, not consistent. And rookie year in the league was just an atrocious defender. On ball, off ball, yeah, he got some steals. He racked up some steals, especially late in the season when he got more comfortable gambling, jumping, passing lanes, et cetera, again, as a rookie. But the the jump he made from year one to year two in terms of his on-ball defense, it really overall defense, in my mind, is akin to that nearly eight-point jump in his three-point catch-and-shoot three-point attempt uh, percentage. He was dreadful uh, defensively as a rookie. He was genuinely good as a defensive player in his second year. On the ball, Anthony Edwards was a an above-average defender this season. I don't think there's any question about it. And the, the Timberwolves, as the year went on, Chris Finch gave him more difficult assignments as the year went on. He was asked to guard opposing ball handlers. He was asked to guard opposing dynamic wing players. And he more than held his own, oftentimes locking down really tough covers one-on-one. You look at some of his numbers against some of the best offensive wings and guards in the league. When Ant was guarding them, he did a very good job. We saw this in the playoffs. We saw it in big games down the stretch in the regular season. The advanced metrics bear it out. You look at ESPN real plus minus. He was a minus last year. He was a plus, which is not easy to do. There are not very many players who are plus in terms of defensive real plus minus, well, period. Uh, But you look at small forward, defensive real plus minus. I mean, you're talking, there's only... 30 guys league-wide that had a had a positive defensive real plus-minus. Positive at all across the league. And Ant was 22nd in terms of defensive real plus-minus. Again, that's one metric, but it's a really tough one. There's 
there's 120 guys, uh, or I'm sorry, there's about 100 guys, uh, 98 guys actually to be exact, who are ranked as small forwards in ESPN's Real Plus Minus, and Ant finished 22nd. So essentially, you know, the top. 20th percentile or so league wide in, in terms of uh, defensive real plus minus, according to ESPN ahead of, you know, players that have good reputations defensively, like Brick, uh, Bruce Brown of Brooklyn, LeBron James this season was below Anthony Edwards in defensive real plus minus DeAndre Hunter, uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, Otto Porter Jr., Chris Middleton, all guys who have positive defensive reputations. And they were all positive in terms of DRPM this year too, but below Anthony Edwards. Again, one metric, but Across the board, the metrics all say he improved defensively, and some of them are influenced. Some of those metrics are influenced, uh, are really hard to isolate in terms of individual performance. And the eye test it confirms this. He was very good on the ball. Again, the physical tools are undeniable. Everybody knows he's he's six four. Well, he's really probably six five, six six now, with the the plus wingspan, the absolutely phenomenal athleticism. Um, he's an intelligent player, and the more he sees. Uh, in the NBA, at the NBA level, the more he sees of opposing offenses, the more he sees his his own kind of mental scouting report of opposing wing players and guards, the better he's going to be and, and the more timely he'll be and the better he'll pick his spots when it comes to jumping passing lanes in terms of off, off-ball defense. I, I don't think he improved as much off the ball because I think he was uh, he's still likes to think he can pick off passes. You know, he likes to think of himself as a DB in football and he can just get a pick six, essentially get a breakaway dunk on an easy interception. And he would get one of those maybe every couple of games. Uh, but for every one he intercepted, he he would miss one and give up a dunk or an open three on the opposite end because he was gambling. Overall, the Wolves allowed him to do more of that earlier this season. He was essentially in a free safety type role. But as the year went on, Finch said, hey, Ant, you take the tough cover, you guard one-on-one, or you be part of this high wall scheme and we'll hide D'Lo and make D'Lo essentially the free safety because D'Lo's got pretty good size and length and he's also a very intelligent player and understands opposing scouting reports and he knows how to play certain players and is better in that type of role. No, he doesn't have the physical tools and gifts as Anthony Edwards, nowhere close in terms of athleticism, but it's better to use Ant's on-ball abilities and his athletic ability and size on the ball and D'Lo off the ball as much as possible defensively. And again, Ant more than held his own. He was a plus defensive player on the ball and he was fine off the ball. He had his moments where he struggled. He had his moments where he was great off the ball. If that can be a little bit more consistent next year. But again, I really truly see this as just as significant as his improvement in catch and shoot situations from beyond the arc, his overall decision-making improvement all that stuff, his ability to lock in and play one-on-one defense was was nothing short of uh, really shocking this year that he improved that much in that regard. And it took Chris Finch challenging him and the Timberwolves. I talked to him on Monday's show about Chris Finch saying, hey, I don't want to switch too much on defense. I want to play this high wall scheme where everybody's responsible for their role and we can hold people accountable. And Ant was largely held accountable this year. And I think that was a really important thing for him in year two. Again, at just age 20 which is so painfully young. And part of what I want to do last segment here today is talk a little bit about just how good he is at how young he is in context of some of these other guys who are now all-stars that were nowhere near this good in their second year in the league or at 20 years old uh, or both. Um, So again, the leap in terms of catch and shoot threes on offense uh, and overall decision-making the leap in terms of on-ball defense, the incremental improvement in off-ball defense, those things are, are real. They're tangible 
their clear improvement from Anthony Edwards. I want to close the show by talking about a couple of areas that he improved, but not as much in that we need to see more of an improvement next year. And then also, again, a little bit additional context in terms of just how special he is already as a 20-year-old. We're going to do that here next. First, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, MLB scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. The lines right now for the conference finals are up over at betonline.net for both Western and Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, the, the overall, you know, if you want to bet on the series as a whole or different NBA finals matchups, you can do that, or you can just simply look at the individual game lines. Uh, so we'll be following that here. Uh, on the show as well. You can head over to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, a few more ant notes to close the show. Uh, number one, an area that I think is notable to point out, Anthony Edwards actually had less dunk attempts this year and overall less attempts at the rim than he did as a rookie. Um, the dunk attempts is maybe not a surprise. He tried to get a little bit trickier at the rim, tried to avoid some contact, and we know he had the knee issue that bothered him, flared up a couple of times this year. He had a sprained ankle just prior to the All-Star break. But overall, his his percentage of his shot attempts that were dunks, according to basketball reference, went down from 6.6% this year to, or excuse me, as a rookie to 5.5%. So he had 12 less dunks over the course of the season this year than he did as a rookie, which by the way, if, if you had told me he only had 70 dunks as a rookie, I would have said that was a little low, it was 70 and 72 games. Obviously that's a big number. Uh, but overall for his career, only 6% of his shot attempts have been dunked, 6.1%. He's only dunked, dunked the ball 128 times over two regular seasons. Um, the shots at the rim went down by a couple percentage points, 2.4% less of his shot attempts were within three feet of the rim. Same with the three to 10 feet. So basically in the paint, his shot attempts went down. Still though, his free throw rate went up, which means that the quality of his attempts in the paint and overall, if you include the attempts in which he got fouled on and didn't make the shot, those likely went up as well. Um, and the three-pointers went up. So he's shooting less from 16 feet out to the three-point line, quite a bit less. Um, and that's really important. Obviously, those are the shots you want to eliminate. It'd be great if he eliminated them even more and shot more threes instead of taking some away from the rim. But again, the free throw rate going up is a positive sign, or I'm sorry, the free throw rate actually stayed the same. The three-point rate went up significantly, but the free throw rate staying the same is good. It's just, you need to see a couple more attempts at the rim per game. Obviously, you want him to stay healthy, protect his body and all that stuff. You don't want him to get too banged up so young, but he's got the athletic ability to finish and the physicality to finish at the rim. So, you know, we've heard Chris Finch talk about this throughout the season as the season wore on. Ant would get into these certain games where he just wouldn't attack as much. And it's the old, as much as it, it can be a cliche and I think it's overdone. There is something to keep them honest by getting to the rim. It opens up the three point shot. I talked about this in the first segment, the catch and shoot numbers went up in part because teams are so worried about the drive that when there, when Ant was one pass away, guys were sagging off of him a little bit more because they were so worried he'd catch and go and he'd get past them. So they were trying to give him some more space and Ant just got so much better at catch and shoot that his overall offensive efficiency and just how dynamic he is rocketed upwards. Um, and, and again, if he could just a little bit more often get to the rim uh, and also shoot the ball better at the rim, which is a conversation I think for another day, but 
the field goal percentage at the rim was still better this year than it was as a rookie, but there were some stretches where it was rough. And again, I think the knee and perhaps the ankle had something to do with that. But if he can just, you know, keep those attempt numbers at the rim up, keep that free throw out, nudge it upwards just a little bit. It's going to further open up those catch and shoot opportunities and the step back that he loves so much on the perimeter as well. Uh, but I, I thought that that was notable that the, uh, the dunk attempts and the rim attempts went down a little bit. Also, last thing, pick and roll uh, as a pick and roll ball handler. Anthony Edwards was good this year. He was, uh, in terms of percentile, he was a little better than middle of the pack. Let's see. He was uh, 53rd percentile league-wide in terms of pick and roll ball handler uh, in points per possession. He was 0.85 points per possession, which isn't great. It's up from where he was as a rookie. He was 0.78 as a rookie. On the Timberwolves, he was ahead of Patrick Beverly and Jordan McLaughlin as a pick and roll ball handler. Um, he was behind D'Angelo Russell, who was at 0.93, and behind Jalen Noel, interestingly, who about a quarter of his possessions, Noel's, were used as a pick and roll ball handler. And just over a quarter, 26.7% of Ants were as a pick and roll ball handler. So he was behind, interestingly, behind Beasley, who didn't do it very often, but behind Beasley, Noel, Russell, and then another couple of guys who don't do it often, Towns and McDaniels. But ahead of Patrick Beverly and Jordan McLaughlin was Anthony Edwards at 0.85 points per possession as a pick and roll ball handler. But again, an improvement over his rookie season. And to see a 20-year-old score that efficiently out of pick and roll is pretty impressive, especially when he, again, only uses five to six possessions only. I mean, that's a pretty high number, but five to six possessions a game doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was a good pick and roll ball handler. And that's an area in which he'll continue to improve again as he sees more coverages, as he gets used to personnel, as he understands his own personnel better and can make those quicker snap decisions. We saw improvement in that area this year. I think it's an area we continue to see significant improvement uh, next season in Ant's third year in the league. All right, the last thing I want to I leave this with is uh, it's hard to underscore just how good he is for a 20-year-old. Again, he's not a top 20 NBA player yet. He's not a top 30 NBA player. Uh, he's probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 range, honestly. Like if we're going to do the NBA rank thing off the top of my head here, that's probably where he sits. So I'm not at all banging the, the Anthony Edwards is a all-star drum at this point. But the context of him being 20 years old is so important. Uh, I mean, go down the list of, of NBA wings and guards who are who are all-stars now. I mean, like none of these guys are great comps for Ant, but like Jimmy Butler was a four-year college player. He was 22 as a rookie. He didn't play regularly until his third year. He was really good early, but he didn't play very much. DeMar DeRozan, uh, Zach Levine, uh, some of these other guys that are higher volume scoring guards, they weren't efficient. They weren't good early in their career. It took them until year three before they were really good. Or in, in Zach Levine's case, it took him longer than that um, before he was he was really good offensively. It took him until like the year that he tore his ACL, his last year with Minnesota, before he was really kind of, things were clicking. DeMar DeRozan's another name I just threw out there, but um, there's several others. If you look at uh, Devin Booker, took him till like year five before he was actually a good offensive player. I know he's fun to watch. He was a good catch and shoot guy. He could shoot threes, but he wasn't an efficient offensive scorer, consistent all around player. Ant is a million miles ahead of all of those guys in terms of his contributions in year two or age 20 or however you want to slice it. It's hard to find guys this young who are this good. It really, truly is. And if this trajectory, if the improvement from year one to year two, if that, if we can copy and paste that improvement year two to year three, 
If what he did in game one of the playoffs, if he can do that semi-regularly throughout the season, we are talking about an absolute, you know, unequivocally an, an NBA all-star when we get to next February and likely a top 15 player in the league. If he plays anything like he played in game one in the playoff series against Memphis or makes another leap, I, I think it's a leap, the year one to year two thing. If he does that again, um, then then he'll be better, you know, he'll be better than LaMelo Ball. He'll be but he'll be a top 15 type player, top 20 type player league-wide and an NBA All-Star and somebody with a shot at All-NBA next year as a 21-year-old. Remember, he doesn't turn 21 until August. That is all on the table for Anthony Edwards. Um, that is just how good he was as a sophomore with the context of being a 20-year-old on a team that won 46 games. He was there, he was really kind of their second best player this year. He really was. Um, and and that that's nothing to sneeze at for a guy of that age. And I, I think I think all this is important in the nuance, the context of the 20 years old is super, super important. Okay, we're going to close the player review series this week with Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk about him on Wednesday. Um, and of course, keep tabs on conference finals as that gets wrapped up here or gets going, I should say, later this week. Um, so that's all upcoming. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, and uh, of course, you can find the show anywhere. That includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. E-N. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Don't forget, you can listen to Lockdown NBA as your second listen from the first jump ball of the play-in to the last possession of the finals, which is only about a month away now. Lockdown experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.